Hello and welcome to Queerator. I am your host, Poppy Pellegrino, and this is Shared in Life Radio. Today I'll be speaking with Millie Milner, a singer and songwriter from the UK. We'll be speaking about their music and the lack of LGBTQ plus sex education in schools. I'm also really excited for this because they'll be performing one of their songs for us as well. If you want to check out the video of them performing, it'll be up on our Instagram as well as on YouTube if that's where you're listening right now. Uh, before we get into it, a small content warning. There is the use of the D-slur at 2 minutes and 45 seconds, but feel free to just skip out a little bit if you want to. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to Queerator. How are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. Good. Um, do you want to just start by introducing yourself and telling me a little bit about why you started making music? Hi, my name is Millie Milner. I'm a queer musician hailing from the UK. I started making music just because I'd always made music, so it was just a natural path into being a musician. And I wanted to share my experiences of the world and kind of give music that younger queer people could relate to and see themselves through. Yeah, definitely. That's um, like when I found Troy Sivan. Uh, I'm sure you've you've heard of him, um, and like King Princess and stuff. I that was so amazing as a young queer person to just hear them sing about that. Yeah, I think when I first hear, heard King Princess, I was like, "Wow, I can actually hear my story with someone else singing it. That's crazy. I'd never yeah. felt." it was weird (laughs) yeah it's pretty awesome and did you ever consider joining a band or something or did you always want to be a solo artist I've been in a couple of bands up until last year I was in a punk funk band called Population which we just performed locally we didn't really do anything it was with my two best friends at the time and as we grew up we just grew apart so I'm no longer friends with them so we split up and I'm currently in a bit of like a rock band, but we don't know where that's going. We formed through lockdown in the UK because of COVID. Mm-hmm. So it's just seeing where that's going at the moment. But my solo career is my main focus. And um, is your main focus also kind of rock music or are you getting more into indie stuff? I mean, solo wise, I've always played more indie stuff, bedroom sort of feeling stuff whatever comes to mind but in bands I tend to end up singing really angry music (laughs) very aggressive so it's a nice difference yeah definitely Uh, and I wanted to talk about this picture you have on your Instagram it's of you with a bunch of like slurs and just nasty words written on your body I was wondering if you could talk about that image and if you're listening on YouTube I'll have it on the screen um at the time I was at my first college and I was 17 maybe and I was just, I'd come out of a breakup and I was fed up of being defined by the things people said about me. And we were doing a photo shoot and I just surrounded myself with other creatives and said, use this face paint and write as many derogatory things as you can on my body, just to kind of show that doesn't define you. And people can call me a dyke, they can call me ugly, they can call me whatever they want, but that doesn't mean I am any of those things. Mm-hmm. So it was just kind of to throw away those words and 
not be defined by it. and it wasn't so much for the world but it was more a personal experience that was so important to me mm-hmm. yeah it was a really striking image and you talk also on your Instagram about how you were kind of hesitant to bring queer issues and your identity into your music. Do you want to talk a little bit about why you were hesitant and then why you decided to start talking about it more? I mean, as a musician and as a queer person, my paths in the two things didn't really cross for a while. And then it got to the point where they did. And I was like, oh, for so long, I haven't talked about this. that It's now hard for me to talk about it. And I think by being so open about my sexuality, I do face criticism and I open myself up to that. And I was so scared about it for so long. And I sort of just went, do you know what? They can say what they want because that doesn't mean anything to me. And I think in the past few weeks, I've really stepped up to educate more people because I really do believe education is the first step to acceptance. People being rude, being homophobic to me in my DMs, which is... Mm -hmm always uncomfortable and it's not nice but I can block them and I can move on because for the one person that says something homophobic there's 10 young kids that haven't had that education that didn't know about the things I'm talking about Mm -hmm. I just think it's so important but it's it's completely up to the individual creator you don't have to feel like you have to talk about it just because you are queer it was just a decision that I made yeah, I think a lot of queer people have this pressure to, because they're queer, to make queer content. Um, I don't know if you know the the comedian Hannah, oh, her last name, I think it's Gatsby, um, but she's a lesbian and lesbians would come up to her after the show and say, hey, you don't make enough lesbian content in your comedy. And they would that would be a criticism they had for her. And she was like, well, I don't owe you anything. Yeah, I'm a lesbian, but I do comedy about things that I care about. I think my sexuality is a big part of my life, but it doesn't define all of my life. It's not my personality. It's not my experience. It affects my experiences of the world, but it's not my experience of the world. I think you could listen to my music and take it from a complete straight standpoint. You wouldn't know it was queer without hearing it from me that it was. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's what makes it so um, universal and wonderful. Um, so I've also asked you to play a song for us today do you want to just talk about the song and maybe why you wrote it Um, the song I'm going to play is called Out of This World I wrote it maybe two years ago and I was in a really close friendship with a girl that meant the world to me and I had this platonic love for her and we loved each other so much but we weren't together I didn't want to be with her And it was sort of trying to put all these feelings into words and being like, I don't want to date her. I don't want to marry her. I don't want to sleep with her. I just enjoy our friendship so much. So it was a really interesting standpoint. But now, since then, I moved away from that person. I went to college in a different city and we just drifted a bit. And that song started to mean completely different things to me. It now reminds me of my current partner quite a lot because she's also a musician and I'll sing it and she'll harmonise with me. So it reminds me of her. And then that person's just recently come back into my life that the song was originally about. So it's a little bit of a weird dynamic with it, but it's a really beautiful song and I'm really proud of it. Yeah, it's a great song. I'm very excited to hear it. (laughs) I'm going to use a boring guitar. (laughs) 
Okay, this is Out of This World by me. was really beautiful thank you for playing that thank you I think that's one of my favorite of your songs thank you it's one of my favorite of my songs it just looks a bit weird <laughs> yeah what I what I like so much about it is that it's all about saying I love you but you never actually say those words um, yeah. it's my sister's pet peeve in songs when people say I love you I'm not sure why but whenever we write together and I put I love you in a song she's like no we're taking that out <laughs> oh, we found a song that your sister will love then. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, let's move on to the queer topics. Um, do you want to start with just your coming out process and what that was like for you? Um, my coming out process was a little bit uncomfortable. Um, I went through some really hard times in high school with mental health and it ended up a peer going to school and telling them about it 
which then resulted in my parents being wrong. And they were asking me, what's going on? What's getting you so down? And I just came out and it was just this thing of, ah, I'm, I'm gay. And for a while it was really uncomfortable because they were going, my parents were going through the struggles of finding out that I was struggling with mental health, which then the sexuality sort of got pushed back a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then to make sure I knew how much she accepted me, my mum took me to our biggest pride in our country and just sort of was like, I love you and it's okay. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, it was a really lovely experience with her. Awesome. And um, a queer topic that you are really interested in, I'm also very passionate about this, so I was excited to talk about it, is queer sex ed or LGBTQ plus issues being discussed in schools. Um, Now, this is also very interesting because we're in two different places in the world right now. I'm in Toronto in Canada and you're in Yorkshire in the UK. So I was wondering if you could just tell me a little bit about the curriculum over there and um, what they teach or what they don't teach. I mean, mine was quite minimal. So obviously they talk about periods for women and just women. Um, They talk about general safety and STDs and STIs. And then they do the classic putting a condom on a banana. (laughs) And that's, that's your what? That's your education. So I went into the world with absolutely no education on how to keep myself safe. As a lesbian, condoms didn't matter to me. None of that mattered to me. And mm. it was actually at the Pride that my mum took me to. She sort of did the awkward, do you, do you know how to protect yourself and everything? And I was like, yeah, mum. Because through the internet, I'd had to learn that there's dental dams and there's other important ways of keeping yourself safe. And I think all that stuff is so important, not only to queer couples, my god some straight couples that are out just sleeping around should be using dental dams (laughs) not just for me yeah exactly um a few years ago i also didn't really get a lgbtq plus sex education i kind of went to the internet for that and um especially youtubers a lot of queer youtubers were doing videos about it and that was really helpful um but um a few years ago my friend was talking to me and she was like hey can I ask you a really uncomfortable question I was like sure and she was like how do lesbians have sex like how does (laughs) I was like I I I just never it never occurred to me that someone who isn't forced to learn about it would just like not learn about all that stuff and again like you said it applies to straight people as well these things can be helpful in school I was the only person who was out in my year group really so I used to get that all the time I used to get the, how do you, how do you do it then and I was like well are you a lesbian to these straight males in my class I was like are you a lesbian and they said no and I'd go well do you really need to know then or do I need to answer this or can you google it fine on your own because I'm trying to do my maths work if I'm on it <laughs> so it was always a bit of like a But I think people should be educated too, because I also used to get the questions of, well, what do you as a lesbian class as sex? Because what I class as sex as a straight person wouldn't be the same as what you do. Right. So I think it's just individual to everyone and it does need to be taught. Right. And I mean, it's so important just 
both, as you said, for safety, but um, to make LGBTQ plus students feel included and represented when you're a, a queer person in a sex ed class and they're teaching you the condom on the banana, you're like, okay, but do I not exist? I'm like one one percent i would say less than one percent of all sex in the world is for reproduction but that's what they're teaching us and that feels like an issue yeah i think not only that but then it comes into other issues that would be taught about in sex ed like periods well i'm i'm friends with a lot of trans people that would be really uncomfortable in their lessons because in our school for part of that lesson all the boys were sent out so then for someone who may not have come out as trans being sat in a room of women being told you are women this is what you need to know that'd be so uncomfortable and i think what's a hardship in men having to sit through them lessons just like what's a hardship in straight people having to learn about queer sex education because if i can listen to yours you can listen to mine definitely and then you get that would solve the whole issue of some men thinking that you can hold in a period like you can hold in pee or something you know I've I've met those people before and I'm like what what um and yeah I mean that's that's so important to learn about what each other are going through both from an inclusion perspective and just understanding the other person because then it it's not this like taboo thing that only women need to know about it's this thing that everyone should learn about it and it normalizes it too just need to break the stigma in sex education, in learning about periods, in everything. The whole sex class needs to just break the stigma because I did a bit of a poll a few weeks ago on my Instagram of being who actually had any queer sex education. And out of everybody that answered, which was upwards of 30 people, I think, one person said they'd had a little bit, had it mentioned. Which was devastating to me to think, how many queer kids are going into the world unable to know how to protect themselves? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I did some research before this, actually, and only this September did the UK put into their curriculum LGBTQ plus topics. And I mean, that that's totally mind-boggling to me. I mean, in Canada, we're not better. I'm not trying to imply that. Um, we, in 2015, we had an updated sex ed curriculum um, in my province. I'm not sure about the other provinces, but um, a year ago, they scrapped that for religious reasons. And we had to, we had big protests last year about that. And we got it back this year, so thank God. But um yeah, in the UK, you guys just started introducing that into the curriculum. And what worries me about that, I mean, it's it's very hopeful news. It's very hopeful. But what worries me is that when something is in the curriculum, it doesn't mean that it's going to be treated with respect and treated well by teachers. Because a lot of teachers just, if they have to do it, they brush over it rather than really, really talking about it. I think my school that I went to will probably try, but sometimes messages get a bit mixed up like once they tried to do a queer week and they put gay flags up everywhere I was like well where's the other flags you've just put rainbow flags everywhere you're not actually educating and that week I got more comments than I did any other week when I was there and in the end I ended up not going into any lessons that week and sitting in like a safe space in the school to do all my work because it was so uncomfortable and they tried so hard 
but they hadn't communicated with queer kids and maybe with the sex education communicating with queer kids and being like what do you feel like you need to know and how can we make you comfortable in these lessons would be mm-hmm. that yeah they didn't organize any um events or anything for that week um they had like pictures of iconic gay people and their stories up on the walls and stuff but it was sort of they'd not told anyone they were doing it before I don't know if if I think there was an LGBTQ plus club but I didn't attend it because to be honest I was quite busy and it's not my type of thing Mm -hmm. and beforehand there was no warning all of a sudden I turned up to school one day and there was a pride flag the size of the front of the school outside (laughs) Jesus all right and I walked into the student entrance and it was lined with rainbow flags I was like what not gonna lie that kind of sounds like a delightful entrance for a school just so much more colorful (laughs) yeah what amazes me about that is that a lot of schools that try and do pride month things it's like they'll put up rainbow flags and they'll maybe put up some famous people but they don't really talk about acceptance or tolerance um and I always thought, thought that was kind of weird you know shouldn't you be having discussions in class shouldn't you be trying to be more inclusionary all year round rather than just like all right it's pride month so let's put up a flag and that's it like it's great that you've done pride month or pride week but have you once asked if anyone wants to let you know their pronouns? Everyone should have to do it. Write down the pronouns, even if you just use the generic pronouns. It should be a question at the start of the year. What are your pronouns? What do you prefer to be called? Because I, in my friendship group and people that know me in person, I just use Millie Milner as a stage name. So I go by a different name in my personal life. And I would have loved if I got asked what I wanted to be called in school. Just mm-hmm. a simple question, not like you need to come to us about it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, I think it's slowly getting better. I was just talking about this with my friend, actually. Uh, I'm going to Sheridan College right now. And um, some of the teachers have their pronouns in their little, like, Zoom tag at the bottom, because we're all online. And... Um, some of the teachers, when they say to introduce yourself, or I guess one, I shouldn't say some, a few of them that I've met have been like, okay, introduce yourself to the class, your name, your pronoun, what you like to do. And I was like, oh my goodness, that's so exciting. You know, it's very hopeful. Yeah, I go to a music university, but I do the college course at the moment. And I'm on my second year and I have my preferred name on all of the things. Everyone calls it me once they did my name tag wrong and I just had to go to them and be like oh you've used the wrong name and it wasn't an issue it was brilliant and they're great and they do educate a lot and it's not an issue talking about queer stuff there and I love it like I'll be in a lesson and quite freely say to my teacher oh me and my girlfriend did this the other day without feeling uncomfortable about it which is nice yeah so definitely things are getting better but we have a lot of work to do especially in education, which, like you said before, that's the start to acceptance education. Um, so finally, I guess, uh, what are three words that you'd use to describe yourself? So I can title the episode. Little queer musician. <laughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> thanks. Um, and thanks, thank you so much for being here. This was a pleasure. 
thank you for having me here. It was great to talk to you. It's been such fun. Close my eyes and I'll say goodbye to all the things I never wanted to be. If you want to hear more of Millie's music, like the song that's playing right now and the song that was playing at the beginning of the episode, please go check them out. They're on Spotify, YouTube, and you can see their Instagram for updates. I'll leave all of those links in the description. If you want to keep up to date with the show, you can follow us on Instagram at curator underscore podcast. I'll see you next time. Stay proud. <laughs>